Hey, this is Sam Huntington, and you're listening to Hill Climbers. Over the last 10 years, I've ridden bikes in Philadelphia and then LA, and more recently, Austin, Texas. And it's been one of my life's pleasures to meet hundreds of cyclists over the course of this time. And sure, there's been friendships and camaraderie built around some healthy competition on group rides and, and on Strava. Uh, and, and that's great, but Hill Climbers is really paying homage to those uh, cyclists I've met that I admire off the bike. Uh, these are individuals that have really fascinating stories. Um, they're, they're building businesses or, or they're part of the cycling zeitgeist in alternative ways. Uh, and I think it is a, a fantastic opportunity here with this podcast to tell stories of what they're doing off the bike that uh, maybe you, you would never hear about on the group ride riding next to them. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce the first episode of Hill Climbers featuring Breakfast Club. This could not be a more appropriate subject for Hill Climbers first episode because my life here in Austin, Texas is inextricably woven into the, the Breakfast Club community. Uh, the story of Breakfast Club starts um, basically in 2020. Uh, a group of guys decides to start a casual group ride, and they welcomed all newcomers with, with open arms. So uh, they weren't taking themselves too seriously. And there was something uh, infectious about their take on, on this group ride. So what started with a handful of people at the end of 2020, uh, two and a half years later, is now a monthly group ride that attracts around 500 people. So uh, my friends, uh, two of the co-founders of Breakfast Club, uh, Jake Ritter and Grant Rogers, have joined me for this interview. And they are going to share with us uh, about the genesis of the club, some of the ingredients for its success, and also what the future holds. Started and um, yeah, I mean, this will just be super, super casual. Yeah. Like, let's just yeah. let's just have a conversation. I can edit everything, um, and there's like there's so much good stuff here. Breakfast Club, um, and we've teed up a whole bunch of questions for them, um, just about uh, basically the club, the club's history. Uh, it's got a, a very illustrious two-year history at this point, um, and and I want to ask them specific questions about uh, how how the club was built um, and the different the different players uh, in the in the s success of this thing. So. I think it would be great to start. Um, these guys are are both very accomplished athletes before before bike riding. Um, so I was hoping uh, Jake and Grant, if you could uh, share with us kind of the the story of your of your uh, athletic career uh, and oh, how you met. Oh, how we met! You take that one. That yeah. How, let's start with how you met. Then. Uh, I mean, so, it goes into the story of Rex yeah. Club, really. Grant and I grew up swimming. Um, kind of a small world senior year of college is when you start taking your recruiting trips to different colleges 
and that's when Grant and I met. We took a recruiting trip to the University of Texas here Before in Austin. college. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Very Beginning of our senior year of high school. Yeah. Lean forward a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we were seniors in high school, and we met on a recruiting trip, and when we both decided to come, we were like, let's room together, and then we lived together for five years? <laughs> yeah, we ended up living together for five years. Yeah. So so tell everyone, uh, obviously, UT, can you tell us a little bit about your your swimming Yeah, so there? when you get... When you get a chance, I think for both of us, um, when you get a chance to at least even come on a recruiting trip or get the chance to swim for the University of Texas, it's like telling Nick Saban at Alabama, I don't want to play football for you. Um, it's kind of like a, if I can You're go going. there, I'm going. Yeah. Um, and so we both squeaked our way in there and we didn't really know too many other people and we had met each other on our recruiting trip and that's why we decided to um, room together and what was what was uh swimming for ut like i mean that for for those that are not um all that all that familiar with the swimming world uh you know like jake just said uh it's kind of a big deal so how, how did you guys do during uh during your your college years i think back on it as it being like four years of falling asleep in classes because you're working so hard in the water all the time <laughs> i think that's what my profile my picture on your phone is you asleep yeah, yeah so we would have <laughs> we would have a 5 30 to 7 a.m practice class until about noon weights at 1 30 practice at 3 30 get out at five get something to eat quick then we had to be at study hall so as a freshman they wanted to make sure that you were actually doing things so we would have to go to this thing called study hall or we'd be in a room, honestly, not too much bigger than this, and there'd be somebody here to watch Grant and I study, just to make for two hours, just to make sure that we're doing our homework. And like, I, <clears throat> there's a picture. Whenever my my picture on his phone, and when I call him, is me sitting in a chair with my head back, <laughs> sleep, sleeping. Uh, Did they like literally wake you up? The proctors would like wake you up and stuff, or if you had a good one, <laughs> or not a good one. Yeah, yeah. If you had a good Depending one, they let you sleep. You look at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Just but yeah, asleep. we grew up swimming our whole lives and just swam all through college. And then when we were done, it was like, what do we do next? You know, it's like, yeah. Then, yeah so it's, tell us about that. What, what I mean, happened? I think it all started with, with Jake and I mean, what your dad bought you a bike as mm -hmm. a graduation present. And I remember yeah. like you getting this bike as we we're done swimming. Like, what kind of bike? Oh. Just uh, so he is a road cyclist. So it was my first road, road bike. bike yeah. um, nothing super special. I actually rode that bike until... I got a new bike like last month. Yeah, um, so I rode that for a lot of, a lot of years. Um, and I just remember I was an idiot. I, w I would not wear a helmet. I didn't have a computer. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going. Yeah. I would just go out and I'd ride. I'd get home from work at like 5 PM, um, and ride until it was the summer. So until the sun went down. Yeah. Cool. I was still taking classes or something and you were working at that time. You were and doing like, your masters. Yeah. And you would get back from these rides at like when it was dark. I'm like, what are you doing? You're not riding with people in the dark. I'm like, that seems weird, but kind of fun. And so then you went with me and I got my first road bike. Yeah. Awesome. And like the first ride we went on, I like bonked so hard, like twice that I couldn't even. Could Do you remember how long, how long the ride was or? I honestly want to say that the first ride or the second ride I did was uh, Dam Loop. I yeah. distinctly remember. Which was yeah. like 60 miles or? 60 yeah. miles. Yeah. And I was on flat pedals. Like, I, it wasn't even clipped yeah. in. I was in tennis shoes. And Jake was like, this is a good idea. I, I, had, a, <laughs> I had a similar first bike ride. Um, it was actually like Mount Tam area oh, uh, outside of SF. Yeah. And had no idea what I was doing. Didn't have clips. Um, I remember it being like the most incredible experience of my life that was the yeah. you know basically the first yeah. real road ride i ever did yeah. bonked so hard and i got back to sf and just like 
we went to this Peru. I forget what the restaurant was yeah. called. Went to this Peruvian spot, Peruvian barbecue, and I just demolished <laughs> so much food. It was yeah. like, yeah. So I, I was kind of that yeah. was that was my entree. Yeah. I think I remember we come down at towards the end of Dam Loop is this road called Spicewood Springs. Probably like 45, 50 miles into it, and you kind of wind down this like covered tree road. Honestly, one of my favorite roads in Austin. Yeah. I just remember waiting at the end for Grant, and yeah. just like waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting. I think you might have got a flat tire, oh, okay. uh, and, and Nick helped you, that, yeah. but we're getting a little worried. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, so uh, you guys, you know, basically, basically, the story starts with with uh, swimming and and the UT. Uh, experience and and then getting bikes right around the same time um so what happened after that there were a number number of years grant you you went off to sf right and and uh and and so what 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 were the in-between years before breakfast club i mean yeah you mentioned san francisco the writing other is incredible and so i moved out there after um i ended up getting my master's and i took my new bike with me and i like spent three years out there like falling in love with riding and like you know learning how to climb and all this stuff out there and I would come back and visit and Jake I would always rent a bike and we would ride around Austin and then I eventually just like missed it so much I was like I'm gonna move back and I moved back and like didn't know what, who to ride year? with this was in 2019 okay recently in 2019 I was like damn I miss Austin I'm gonna move back after three years of being in the Bay Area and the only person who to ride with was Jake. So we started riding, and then he knew two other guys, Matt and Justin, which are the four founders okay. of Breakfast Club. And, and uh, so how did how did um, how did you know Matt and Justin? How did they get? Well, come, I come while he was in SF, I spent a lot of time riding by myself. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, my dad lived out in Wembley, so we go out there and ride together. But I'd maybe done one or two group rides total. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Matt and Justin through my wife, actually, um, Matt has a couple startups in town and my wife um worked with worked for him um at a couple of them cool so we kind of met that way he was training for an iron man i was doing an iron man my sis, uh lexi was like hey you guys should meet matt invited me out on a ride and it was like a group ride and he tells the story of like hey i don't know if this guy's gonna be able to keep up but i invited him i have no idea who he is um <laughs> They were the ones that... Did they give you a hard time? Or? <laughs> uh, they were a little bit more beginner than I was. Okay, all right. <laughs> awesome. It all works I'll out. I'll say it politely. Yeah. Um, but then um, Matt and I became good friends, and then Matt and Justin know each other mm-hmm. um, just and, from the Austin startup world. And, yeah, I think, I think part of this story is triathlon, right? So... Mm-hmm. It was the three of you guys doing training for for Iron Iron Man and Grant. Were you were you in that? I was even in that world. I okay. was doing you know half Ironmans and stuff. And yeah. yeah, just you know that swim, which, swimming. Which every, everyone remember yeah. that. That's an important piece <laughs> of uh, of the the tale here for, for breakfast. Well. All right, so so yeah, I mean, let's get into the. The Breakfast Club story here, uh, you guys, the the four of you, uh, I guess are are kind of training together, riding together here here and there. Um, what what comes next? I think like you know we, by me moving back and knowing Jake and Jake and this is like twenty nineteen moving is, into twenty twenty in, yeah, end of twenty nineteen. It's like I loved riding a bike, but I rode an SF by myself. Jake primarily rode by himself here with Matt and Justin. It's like who do we ride with? Well, we just will ride with each other. So we would meet at the Carpenter Hotel um, on for, on Saturday mornings because Matt and Justin were, were dads and working and everything. That's so that was the best time to do it. And 
we would just ride for a couple hours. You know, the focus was more on just like, you know, riding, hanging out, like climbing some hills and then like eating breakfast and like catching up. And like we definitely use cycling as an avenue to like hang out and not like train. We transitioned then into COVID hits and in, in March of 2020. Uh, and what what sparked Breakfast Club? What what uh what sort of motivated you guys to gather a group together? Um, so tell us about that. Well, I think it's also important to note you kind of alluded to it on the triathlon thing. I rode a tri bike. Matt, I think at the time was riding a tri bike. Not a lot of shaved legs in this group. <laughs> not a lot of shaved legs. Showing up to a group ride with a tri bike is not. <clears throat> seen as the best thing. I remember Jake kind of had like a poncho almost too. You had like a windbreaker, like a, a loose, a loose yeah. windbreaker. I remember that too. And I think that's like, again what kind of sparked us doing our own thing because we were just like, yeah. I, I don't care what bike you're riding. We know each yeah. other. We're just going to have a good time. And we, yeah, we like, we don't come from a, a riding background. Right? Road so riding background. Yeah. We like through word of mouth, you know, kept people who wanted to ride outside were like, hey, we're going to meet at Carpenter Hotel and we're going to ride. And, you know, it grew through like friends and friends to like a point where, you know, the four of us riding at Carpenter Hotel, were, it was now like 15 of us. And we're like, oh, this is interesting. You know, now we're like overcrowding the cafe at that, at like Hot L Coffee. Um, and we just ultimately decided like, hey, people are kind of liking this as we like talk about it. And it's yeah. a new approach to like, riding that we didn't really see in Austin or really anywhere so it's like let's just put it on Instagram and see if anyone else wants to come or just at least show the story a little bit on social media and then kind of the rest is history all right uh the context is you know breakfast club is really special um because of its inclusive nature uh you know like like Grant was just saying hey you know show up ride um, really, it doesn't matter what sort of uh, skill level you are. Um, it, we're there to be outside to to enjoy company and and get a little a little workout. Um, this really is at odds with a lot of cycling road road riding culture. Um, it's you know show up at the, at the group. It's somewhat standoffish. Uh, there's not a lot of conversation and and camaraderie a lot of the time. Um, and I I know this from from personal experience having ridden over the last 10 years in in three different cities uh philadelphia la and and uh and austin so um personally you know i arrived in in austin in september of 2020 and almost immediately um people that rode bikes uh somehow word was getting around they were like oh have you have you joined breakfast club and and i like had no idea what it is i, I don't think a lot of people did at that point mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, hey, I, you know, I'm coming to this city. Uh, I don't know a lot of people. Um, I've met a lot of people through riding bikes. Like this is a this is a great outlet for me. Um, so right out of the gate, it was something very unique and very special. I think with the what I'm talking about is the group rides in, in Philly uh, and L.A., which some of them have been around for for literally decades. Um, again, there's there's this there's this attitude. Uh, it's not it's not the camaraderie, it's not the friendliness, it's not the inclusivity that, that you guys were bringing right out of the gate. So um, the questions are really, uh, okay, so, so you've gathered 15 or so people to ride every weekend. Um, how, how did the Breakfast Club name come about? And how did you start to, to brand it and, and you know, actually decide to, to create 
the logo, create the Instagram page, and, and put it online. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, because our emphasis was more on, like, the after riding, eating breakfast part of it, I forget which one of us said it, but, like, it, it was, was Justin. It may have been Justin. He was like, oh, we're at the breakfast club. You know, we, we ride bikes, but really, we just hang out and eat yeah. breakfast. Sums and it like, up. We would, take up <laughs> we would take up one booth at Swedish Hill yeah. outside. Right. That was yeah was where like, we would yeah. we had our table we would do the ride start a carpenter we'd have our table at Swedish awesome. Hill, yeah. um, and that's where I think yeah. maybe Justin is the first one who suggested that name. And the true nature of it, you know, was really kind of like formalized in like this Tour Das Hugel ride, which is like an epic ride in Austin. And I don't I don't even think I was there for this first one, but like jake matt and justin all did it and like ended up bailing out in westlake hills which is like 15 or 20 miles into it like an hour hour and a half into this like six hour ride they're like no we're not enjoying this we're gonna go eat breakfast (laughs) that just solidified the nature of like the the legend is made yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's like the emphasis is not on the the riding the emphasis is on the people and i think the appeal for both grant and i maybe matt and justin are the ones that facilitated this but the appeal for grant and i is we just came from a background where like swimming was everything competition was everything Mm -hmm. you wanted to be the best you wanted to do everything that you could possibly do to inch out every Split second. Fiber of yeah. your being to yeah. be better. Um, and we're talking like in a four-minute race, two seconds being yeah. world difference. Um, and so we come out of that world. We leave, and, and it's hard to turn that part of your brain off. And so when I started riding, again, I started with nothing. But then I was like, oh, can I get good at this? Or how good can I get at this? And then it was immediately just kind of like, whoa, wait a second. I'm doing this for fun. I'm not doing this to be the best in the world and i think when we were set out to go do that tordas hugel ride and then matt and justin are like no let's just go eat and i'm for a second i'm like wait a second i want to do the whole ride and then on the other part of me i'm like you know what yeah i do want to go eat breakfast (laughs) yeah i don't want to do this and i think that like we just found like a lot of people had that same like desire there was just really like not ever an outlet to like do that in the cycling world so that was kind of our motivation was like, you know, we had, you know, through word of mouth grown it to like a, you know, 15, 20 people. Were yeah. Like, Clearly there's, there's this like desire out there amongst the community. Like, let's see what happens. And so I literally like remember sitting down, like designing the logo with a friend and then all of a sudden we put it on and I wasn't even at the first ride. I was like home in Kansas and the first ride happened. And I think it was still like that 20 person group yeah. and, you know, something. And then it just kind of took like fire from there. And I distinctly remember within a couple months, like we hit one ride. I remember the first ride you were there. I think it was shortly after we hit 70 people. And I was like, whoa, this yeah. is huge. How did this happen? Um, before we knew it, we were splitting into groups because, you know, we want everyone to show up. It doesn't matter your skill level. And we had a varied skill levels in that group of 70. So it's like, okay, it's time to split this in half. Yeah. Um, we, we went to two groups and we went to three. We're, we're now at four. You know, it was just managing that massive... Um, growth. Again, at the core of Breakfast Club is this inclusive nature, and I think you know you guys have probably been responsible for a lot of people's first group ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, I mean for for those um, that are that are sort of just learning about Breakfast Club at this point, uh, a little bit more than two years in, there there are 500 people showing up to rides every month. So. Um, you know, the scale is massive, but it, it started somewhere. Like, what were the difficulties between your inclusive mission and getting beginner cyclists, you know, on the road at scale? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question because 
when you do open arms, allow anybody to come, anybody's going to come. And so I remember I was training for an Ironman at the time. So I would do my long runs on Friday and then Saturday we would have the ride and I would be, I would take what is now our D group, but I would be the very last person. So nobody goes slower than me. And then I would kind of form a group there at the back of people. I remember we had some, uh, a lady who was, I think she was 75 years old, came one time. I, I don't think, yeah, don't yeah, think I've heard the story. And yeah. she, wow. we were rolling back. This was back when we were at Holdout, so yeah. fast forward a couple bit. But we were rolling back, and she told me she had had a stroke three years before. And that wow. she's on the mend. And she didn't want to tell me that before we started right. because I wouldn't have let her ride. <laughs> but... She, it, it's just when you open your arms, yeah. it, you have to be ready for whoever comes. Yeah. Um, and so you have to keep that true yeah. as you scale. Because when you have 15 people, it's easy to let the 10 go and the five newbies or maybe not newbies, but just people who aren't as dedicated to cycling. Um, you can kind of form that group. But as it grows and yeah. grows and you continue opening your arms, you got to be ready for and whoever at, shows at up. At that same ride that that amazing 75-year-old woman was at, we probably had – you know, a, a person who's been racing bikes for a couple of years also in that same group. So we, in order to manage that difference in like skill level, we kind of like self or like people kind of self-identified themselves as like people that wanted to help. And we're like, oh, could you help take this group of five? And could you help take this group of five and just kind of help us like manage those groups? And then fast forward now, like those people have now became like official, they're like our ride leaders, they're our ambassadors. And we have like 24 ride leaders that wow. manage our 500 person, you know, yeah, ride experience now. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of like people that just were showing up and they're like, I want to help. I feel a part of this and they felt ownership around it. And, That's incredible. Yeah. And for, for any organization, and at this point <laughs> you guys are an organization, um, you know, sort of management is, is key, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. that's how you scale mm -hmm. through. Cause you gotta keep it safe. You yeah. gotta keep it welcoming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those people that started, you know, taking ownership of groups and helping others, it's like they felt a part of breakfast club and like, we didn't force it upon them. They were like, Hey, I want to do this. And so as we grew, we brought more people into the mix that just wanted to be a part of it. And so that's one of the big things that we do not help manage that scale. It's like we have people that, you know, one group now, B group can be 150 to 200 people. And it's like, we can have four or five, six ride leaders in that group helping manage. Them. Incredible. So, yeah. yeah. So I guess, do you, do you guys want to, uh, it might be tough to run through all 24 names, but do you want to shout out a few of the OG ride leaders? It's, I don't know if we can shout out specifics because everyone is so unique and amazing, but it's so cool to see that like our ride leaders, like we've had some OGs from like the first ride or two now like move away and still like stay in touch and like this is amazing there's nothing else like this or you can so. even feel like for instance our c group was ran by somebody named len yeah. who um moved len, back len rosenoff yeah. shout out len rosenoff yeah. he he moved back to dc but he is the heart and soul of that group and if you go and ride with that group today even though he hasn't been here for a year plus uh -huh. yeah. It feels like Len is there, yeah, um, because he started he set the that. tone. He set yeah. the tone, and what's so interesting riding with each group is each group is very different, mm -hmm. and they need to be that way. A group shouldn't be ran the same way as C, shouldn't be ran the same as B, mm -hmm. and D. They all kind of have their own little identity. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely like he's a 
He's the legend that yeah. lives on. <laughs> Len, Len in, in a lot of ways, I think, is probably embodies the spirit of Breakfast Club. Yeah. Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you yeah, look at him is. and he, just him and himself, you wouldn't think of him as an amazing cyclist, but he is. And I think that's the cool thing about Breakfast Club is you look at some people and you're like, you don't fit what that typical norm may look like. I will definitely spend some time talking about Len. Len rolled up in, in cutoff sleeves and a mountain bike. Yeah. And um, <laughs> sure enough, you know, over weeks and months, um, he he really got more into road riding, mm-hmm. got a sweet bike, got, you know, his kit. And like, um, I think Breakfast Club had a really outsized impact on his life as well. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the other note about Len, Len would like love going out and riding in 100 degree yeah. Texas Texas yeah. heat. He loved it. Because he, he refused to wear sleeves. I think the first time he wore sleeves was his the Breakfast Club kit that he got. And we all joked, like, Len, are you going to cut rip the sleeves the, rip off those of sleeves, this new bro. kit? Yeah. Like, he didn't. When, he's, when he left, I took one of my Breakfast Club jerseys and cut the sleeves you off. You did? <laughs> and I signed it for him. I hope he still yeah. has it. Yeah. Yeah. talked about um you know how you guys managed uh scale from so again uh a handful of riders to 60 riders within a few weeks and then pretty quickly breaking 100 um and then more than two years in five six hundred people we've got this great sort of ride leader management team um what are what are some of the growing pains um for managing an operation like that i think one of the growing pains that we had originally was location. Venue. <laughs> Venue. So, yeah. like I said before, we, we used to have our one booth at Swedish Hill. Then we had two booths. Then we had the entire outside. Then we had their parking lot. Yeah. Um, Swedish Hill is not a, a, a big venue um, for, for those that aren't from Austin. Um, it's a small bakery. And Saturdays is, is, is also their day. Um, where they're probably going to get the most amount of business, so can't have it like clogged with cyclists getting two hours to get a bagel. Um, then we moved on to Holdout, which is a, a brewery across the street. Um, they were amazing to us. They have a huge parking lot, which allowed people to park. Um, and they had a big outdoor area, and I, I remember, you know, we grew to like 100, 100 and- 20 at Swedish Hill and that's when we hit growing pains so then we moved mm-hmm. to Holdout and I remember we grew to like 200 250 and then yeah. we hit growing pains like you know sadly you know Austin's a tight condensed place downtown and it's like we hit legal capacity at these places and it's like then we have to think about the can the kitchen even manage all this stuff so we outgrew Holdout once we hit like 200 250 and then luckily Central Machine Works opened their arms and that place is, can hold thousands yeah. it seems like 1500 so, people or so. home sweet home now yeah so yeah. so central machine works is the current home for breakfast club um and that's where we saw another guys. big jump it's mm-hmm. like yeah. as mm-hmm. it's like as our venue gets bigger yep kind of yep. just fills um with breakfast club fills the space yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's provided the opportunity it's amazing the community and then the, the struggle of moving to central machine works is we love so the motto's always been ride for about two hours have breakfast afterwards and beers if you want. And those and two hours have, have always time. been hills. Yeah. Like, you know, so the west side of over, yeah, the west side quality of Austin, over quantity. Yeah, you know? exactly. The west side of Austin is very hilly. Um, Central Machine Works is located on the east side of Austin, yeah. which is a little bit more flat. Um, and so once we moved out there, we had to figure out a way to get across town because we wanted to stay true <coughs> to riding those hills. Like, like what Breakfast Club was founded on. So yeah. we were then asking our 20-some ride leaders to take groups of 50, 60, 70 
across town stopping at every red light and we were jamming up traffic and you know we essentially decided that the next step for us given our location and size was to start having police escorts to just get us out of town and it started with one or two and we would roll out in mass and now that's grown to like we have two escorts per group that goes west or east or whatever and that's a b and c groups and so we have six escorts now that we're ultimately wow at the six point. police escorts yeah, yeah. wow where it's like a rolling enclosure per se. So we're not just out of town. They actually help lead us around and, beyond that. And we were talking before recording about how you guys couldn't imagine how you did it before the police escort. So this yeah. is a very... So each one of those things that Grant <clears throat> talked about is splitting into groups. The very That ride, we come to the finish and we're like, how did we do this before that? Mm-hmm. Like, how did that... How did we do that? Yeah. And then we went to ride leaders. And we're like, how did we do this without the ride leaders? Mm-hmm. And then we go into the, the first ride back with the police escort. It's just like, how did we do this without them yeah. going yeah. across town? It's like it's like thinking about like what like those decisions we've made. It was never like a proactive, like this will be good for us to allow us to grow. It was always like a pretty reactive. Wow, we have to do this <laughs> to manage the growth. Right? right. So like I think we're finally at a point now where I going into this year, I think we're at we have hit stability, I, I think and I hope. And so we're no longer just like managing growth and trying to keep up with the safety and the experience. But like now we can think about like, okay, we have some stability here. How can we just like continue to like perfect what we're yeah. doing and not just manage the crazy growth and, and yeah. all that comes Grant and I uh, chatted a few weeks ago and one of, uh, you know, one of the topics was, I, you know, I, I was reassuring him. I think, I think the Breakfast Club brand is established uh, and folks are look, always looking out for the next ride uh, and it, it's a robust community. Um, but one of the things that you guys brought up, you know, with the police escorts mm-hmm. and with this 600 person month, monthly event that, that you're hosting, um, there are costs and, and you guys, um, you know, have some initial ideas for, for sort of developing uh, the business. However, uh, you know, Grant really emphasized how, uh, how important it is to, you know, to keep to, to keep the essence of Breakfast Club, to, mm-hmm. to keep it really inclusive, um, but also do, do cool stuff and also, you know, keep the lights on and, and grow, you know, yeah. g- and grow, whatever that means. So, so what do you guys think growth means from a, from a business perspective, from a business model? Um, what are the plans? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of let Jay jump in on that. But I think that, like, you know, we didn't start this to make it a business. We started this to ride with people. And now we've fallen into this situation where in order to to do what we do at this point, we have costs with the police escorts and stuff to cover. So like we've done fun stuff with merch and we really much enjoyed doing really cool stuff and, and that sort of thing, but that's not gonna be super sustainable. Um, so yeah, we've, we've now kind of reached a point where we're bringing on brands and partners that believe in us and like what we're doing in Austin and the community to like help cover those costs and kind of do some pretty cool stuff. Did you have, have yeah, something I mean, to add or? It's, it, you got to keep it going. Um, it, it's so magical. Well, I can't even put it into words, and I've always tried, but you just can't showing up to a ride um, and feeling the atmosphere afterwards. And so we got to do what we can do to keep this thing rolling, keep it safe, and, again, keep our arms open to whoever wants to come. And I think having those that rolling enclosure, the police escorts, is something that is going to keep everyone a lot safer. 
um, and hopefully encourage more people to come out. Um, That's and like, a, yeah. yeah, and like Grant said, we got to cover those costs. Um, and like, you know, it's, it's cool. Like Jake said, keep people coming out. It's, you know, every ride we ask people to like, raise your hand if it's your first time riding with breakfast mm-hmm. club and a third of the ride, no matter what size the ride is, a third of the people seem to raise their hand that it's their first wow. time. So, so we're talking like, about 150 people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hands just go up. So it's like, how do we, you know, cover the cost of, of the escorts, but still like stay true and keep people feeling that, that energy. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And um, something we always have stood by is like, we're not going to charge to come to this monthly ride. Yeah. You're going to come. We don't care who you are. Please come. We're not going to charge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, how do you build a business around something that we isn't built around being free and, and open? And, and it and sounds like it's a work in progress. Yeah. 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 We have, yeah. We've historically been associated like with um, Rafa, which is an amazing brand, and we've done some custom kits with them and really leaned into the whole merch side and, and product side of things, and it's been a blast. But we have some cool partnerships in the works where, like, they're going to allow us some opportunity to grow the brand as well as just lean into, like, the amazing people that come to our rides here in Austin and hopefully allow us to bring more people from outside of Austin to experience what we're doing down here and also, you know, maybe throw some breakfast club events outside of our, our home Awesome. Well. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of folks listening will be um, very curious and, and uh, excited to hear about what, you know, what the brand partnerships mm-hmm. are for, for 2023 and what you guys have around the corner. So can you can you give us some specifics on that and, and yeah. just what, what the mean, year holds? This is a cool year for us because it, we're in year three of existence and we've gone from four founders that we've kind of done so far to like now a nine of uh, or a team of nine of us and like we have a team around like operations and a team around creative and we're all gonna for the first time ever we've put out a calendar you know of like our our rides and because instead of a weekly ride or a once i a think month. that was and the so most like, recent Instagram we're planning post. ahead for the first time and not just plan- flying by the seat of our pants and and planning a, a week before a ride um but we have you know when you show up to a breakfast club ride there are a few things like you experience it's like a ton of people some sort of pre-ride like nutrition coffee hydration thing um and then the post-ride you know food hang out and drink um whether it's non-alcoholic or alcoholic beverages and so we have some partnerships in the works for all 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 aspects so lay lay them on us what what do you got so i mean i guess first is we are we're leaving rafa and we're going with a new brand called potter mall and they're historically a very european amazing product that is breaking into the U.S. and they're going to lean heavy into our community and we're going to have a really exciting time with them um, doing product and experience stuff in Austin and outside So we can expect some Pond Normal kits for, for 2023? We don't, we don't know yet, but All right. we're, we're planning some some People, people are sure. going to be asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have, um, Jake can kind of tell the story, but we have, we're kind of filling our nutrition space with the local um, brand as well that kind of has a similar like founding story to us and they're they're close to home um, so we're gonna be working with BPN a little bit yeah it's, I've never personally met him yet um, but I've followed him for a while Nick Bear and I think he's done a lot of cool things um, kind of built organic growth through his his following and, and built a brand YouTube, on top right? of that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and built a brand on top of that and, and he has an amazing community that follows his brand and stays true to it. 
Uh, and it's kind of cool to watch him grow over time because he's experienced a ton of growth in the last couple of years. Um, and watching him stay true to that is something that we look forward to as well because um, that is so important because you never want to leave that. And the cool thing with that is, like, we have so many of our, like, like a handful of riders that, like, already work at BPN that have just been riding with us awesome. for, for yeah. a year or two. And so they know the community, and they're going to lean in heavy, just not even from a product side, but from, like, a, a media and a photo and video and just help us tell the story because, like, our, you know, our worlds are colliding. And so that's a pretty exciting one for us. Awesome. Yeah, that's a big initiative is it's a lot of word of mouth right now, I believe. Um, people will see us on Instagram, kind of get an idea through pictures, mm-hmm. um, what the ride looks like, but you don't really know until you're there yeah. kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, and so we want to try to showcase that to someone who's never been. So, so yeah, I, it's try, it's hard to show someone that who has this idea of what cycling is and what group rides is to say like, that's not what we do. We promise, but it kind of looks like that, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's just like, you're playing that. And, and I think this is a great transition into a question um, that I wanted to ask earlier about um, the the word of mouth, you guys uh, creating these channels. You know, in, I think Instagram and Slack are probably the two that that are most active, um, and just creating this this wildly engaged um, community that's that's definitely local. It's definitely Austin, but but it goes really you know far beyond that. So. Um, Grant, you know, as I think most folks in town know, uh, you're you're the guru. You're the lo- local uh, Instagram Breakfast Club guru. Um, I do make ha- the posts. I yeah. How how uh, how did it work? I mean, how did you get such a sticky following? Um, and then we can go into you, you guys were talking about plans for this year and and developing <clears throat> your content. Um, you know, we'll we'll discuss what's next. But yeah. how, how did it start? I mean, the we don't have a massive following in the grand scheme of things on on social media. But it's engaged. It's a, it's an engaged it's, following. It's yeah. the it's the quality, right? Yeah. Of like of the people, and so you know, one thing that's been cool from the beginning is we've had Colin Fenley, who's an amazing photographer who doesn't even ride a bike, show up and take photos for us and, and showcase like the everyday person, and so we put that on Instagram. You know, we kind of flipped the model of like showcasing like amazing elite athletes to just showing whoever. Sh- showing on Instagram whoever shows up and so Colin Colin took the best picture of my legs <laughs> yeah he does um, that <laughs> yeah shout out Colin Finley that's for, ta- that's for taking incredible pictures thing. of my yeah. legs yeah. so many of our riders are amazing photographers yeah and yeah similar to our ride leaders some of them are ride leaders yeah. but volunteering their time and and taking yeah. cool pictures of the rides is definitely contributing yeah it's like now you know like making the it's just so easy because we have like a community that provides amazing like content to post and show on social media and so through our bpn partnership as well they're going to help us just fuel that fire of like showing what we're all about and who is there being a part of it and so that's going to be a big focus for us this year cool yeah but but back you know back to the the initial um you know the initial posts like getting Mm -hmm. getting people to to engage with the with the Instagram like what I mean and, and by the way this mm-hmm. this goes into another uh, theme that I wanted to touch on today which is which is Austin mm-hmm. so um, you know do, do you guys think that uh, the Austin culture here um, you know was was part of the the secret sauce and, and breakfast club success and and if so like what about the culture here really really helped I think to make a 
mass generalization of Austin. I yeah. feel like it's it's quite a bit more laid back than some of the other major cities in the in the in the country. Um, that contributed contributes to it. I think similar to your story, um, a lot of people moved here in 2020 and 2021 and are still moving here. Don't know anybody, and so we're hopefully providing that outlet into a new community to meet new people. Um, and staying true to like how Austin feels. Like I, I remember before Brexit was even a thought, Jake was like always talking about like I would love to one day like just do something that just like is a part of Austin and just feels like yeah, Austin because like yeah you know Jake is from Texas and you know grew up not far from here and it just it's it's home for him. He's like I would like something just like when you think of it or you go to the experience, it's like yeah that feels like Austin and so. I feel like we're always trying to continually make sure that that's a goal of ours is like to stay true to like totally where we are and yeah. who we are. And, yeah. And, you know, just want to add to what yeah. makes Austin Austin. We want to be a part of that. We want to be yeah. a, a big part of that. Yeah. Because breakfast would be nothing if no one showed up. Right? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> well, and, and back to back to kind of the um, the social media content. One of the things you guys mentioned before the, the recording was. Um, basically reposting everything so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know people tag you guys sh- shout you out and then you you know they're automatically on the breakfast club mm-hmm. um, stories so uh, you know I think that was really key to to sort of the, the core the essence of, of breakfast club because it's not over curated mm-hmm. you know we're not all taking ourselves too seriously yeah um, this is, it's about, uh, it's about the culture. It's about people being outside, riding bikes with each other. Um, and it's not, it's not an elite, you know, an elite vibe. It's not overly curated. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think, uh, again, I, I, I just am in agreement with you. I think that's part of why the channel was, was able to grow like it has and, and keep, keep the engagement. Yeah. If you tag us. In story, I'll likely repost it unless it's really, really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I think another big part of it is we used to ride weekly. Yeah. Like every Saturday we would do this and it becomes a lot. Um, We're asking a lot of ourselves. We're asking a lot of those ride leaders. Um, And so when we we made the move last year to go once a month and when we did that, we wanted to keep the community going outside of that. And so that's when we launched the Slack channel. Mm -hmm. The goal of that was to say, let's say we go on a ride and I talk to 50 people during the ride. I don't have all their numbers. I don't know who I'm going to meet. I'm going to talk to them for a little bit. Then I might not see them again for the rest of the day. How do I make sure that I can connect with that person at another time? And so we launched that Slack channel Mm -hmm. so that hopefully people can organically say like, Hey, it's Thursday. It's 4 PM. I'm going out on a ride. I'm leaving from Carpenter. I'll be riding about this fast. Who wants to join me? And it's, and that's, that's happened. Oh, it happened. Yeah. Yeah, There are, there's so many channels on that Slack cha- yeah. on that Slack now. Yeah, and it's incredible. I mean, we have you know our big rides now, or when all, everyone ideally gets together, and those are 400, 500 people. But like the Slack has a thousand people in it, so it's like you know when and it's when active people, and it's yeah. active. It is crazy active. It, it, it has its own active. marketplace on it now yeah. for essentially yeah. for you know like. We're, and a lot of pr- lot of product is on there. It's, cool, yeah. yeah, a lot of cool stuff. I slept so. on the Slack channel, and I got on there recently, and I was like, "Holy God!" I mean, it's, yeah, it's the really, amount of product a, moved on there is it's significant. Really cool. yeah. It's got a heartbeat of its own. It yeah. sure does. It yeah. sure does. And that was like you know because of the scale of such a big ride, going weekly it didn't make sense. So going once a month and having an active community to connect on Slack, when you know it's the three weeks that we're not like all riding officially, like that was like 
a risk that we took, but something that I think has just made it even more special because people feel like it is their club to own. Right? Yeah. Like Breakfast Club is their club, and they're part of it. They can post rides. They can throw stuff together. And yeah. so just kind and of we want to make each ride intentional, the monthly rides that we're doing. Um, do it as big as we can. Mm-hmm. Again, gets into that spend money, you got to make money. Yeah. Um, make sure that you can still do those things, but we want to do it as big as we can every ride and mm-hmm. constantly improve and mm-hmm. constantly get better. Yeah. Because what we're founded on and what we're good at is like bringing people together and riding and hanging out yeah. afterwards. So that's what we're going to focus on this year even more. Cool. I, I, so it's kind of wrapping up. I was going to ask, um, what the legacy you guys want to leave on cycling uh, in Austin is. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think? I'll go first, then I'll let Grant go. Mine is going to go back to that point. I want to be a solidified part of what makes Austin Austin, cyclist or not. Um, and I want somebody to feel that whether it's your first time riding a bike since having a curfew or you're a seasoned vet, there's a place for you and, and – and again, we don't take ourselves too seriously. There's and a place with, for you with open arms. I mean, yeah, really exactly for everyone. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I just love Austin so much. It's, it's. I think it's one of the coolest cities in the world. And so to add to that is just amazing. And yeah, it, it, yeah. I think like yeah, absolutely. And just like flipping the model of the traditional of like approach to riding a bike. Typically, like you ride a bike to like better yourself athletically or chase some sort of competitive aspect or you're just out there trying to like meet a couple people i want breakfast club to like cycling is an avenue but the focus of breakfast club is not the riding aspect it's the like hanging out after and meeting people and connecting and making friendships that you may go you know just like get a beer with later and not even think about bikes you know yeah i want it to be like a point for like i mean you know this is one of the most amazing things is like we just had our first breakfast club wedding where some like two people matt and summer met because of breakfast club dated got engaged and are married and still ride with breakfast club it's like that's i think that's a success story that's yeah that's the magic of breakfast club it's like cycling allowed that to happen but like that cycling is not the focus of that so yeah Yeah. perfect way uh perfect legacy to leave Um, all right, guys. Well, this this has been such a pleasure, and for me, for me personally, um, Breakfast Club has been arguably the most impactful part of my existence here in Austin over, over the last two two and a half years. I mean, I I moved here, um, and literally within six weeks, I was riding with Grant and Jake and a handful of other people that have become dear friends to me you know lifelong friends and by the way i mean back to um you know hill climbers and the theme people that that i'll probably be doing business with as as well um so i i really and and my wife uh has met a lot of her friends a lot of her girlfriends um through breakfast club um you know i i really owe a lot to to you two uh in what you've created here and uh it's and it's real and I'm I'm obviously just one person. So when when that's extrapolated to the, you know, hundreds of the, you know maybe thousands of people that have ridden bikes with you guys, um, it's very meaningful for for my existence here in Austin. So uh, thank you guys so much. Thanks for being yeah, a part of it.
so meaningful to us as well. Yeah. Would have never imagined. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is so cool to be a part of. Yeah. All right. What a what a great note to end on. Th- thanks for making time, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was fun. Cheers. <laughs> Damn, that flew by. <laughs>